welcome to Umbrella Rebellion. I'm Marcy. And I'm Dee. We are finding healing after leaving a cult. We will be discussing abuse and personal experience with the ATI, IBLP, and fundamental churches. Trigger warning. This podcast may contain descriptions of various forms of abuse. Please take care for your safety and well-being while you are listening. If the content becomes too much for you to handle, please turn this off. We hope to expose harmful teachings that lead to and justify abuse. With the hope that those that are experiencing abuse can find support and escape from it. So let's um, kind of introduce like to our listeners how we, I guess, started into the ATI, IBLP and fundamental, you know, arenas. Um, So we'll start with you, Marcy. So tell me a little bit about like, when did y'all get started in the ATI, IBLP? Okay. Um, My parents attended their um, basic and advanced seminars. And they heard that they were starting a homeschooling program. So they applied for the first year that they would be running this homeschooling program. And that was the pilot program. They, um, at, we got in the second year because I was too young. So in first grade, they let us in. So from six years old. Okay. So, so for your homeschool um, education, did you mostly do the ATI curriculum or did y'all do other things? Um, It was a combo. So um, the primary um, homeschooling curriculum was what they called wisdom booklets. Mm -hmm. And so you could you could go through these wisdom booklets as fast as you wanted or as slow as you wanted. There were 52 of them. We would use that primarily and it had it had different sections that you could use. My mom liked math and science and and those basic things. But my mom added things. So she would mm-hmm. get math books for us to do according to our grade level or our science or history or so she added her own curriculum to it to it too. Okay. Cool. All right. So I know when my family was into it, the homeschool conventions were like the big thing. So did y'all oh, yes. ever did y'all ever do the homeschool conventions? Um, yes. My parents tried to go oh, about every other year, like every second year. The At the beginning, they were not in Knoxville. So, so for the majority of ATI's existence, they used a college campus in Knoxville, Tennessee that could handle thousands of people. So they went to a few like in Oklahoma City or random places like that. But when it moved to Knoxville, that's where we would go every other summer. I could start going at 12 with the program. Um, later they moved that to whole families coming, but at the beginning it was just 12 and above. And they did require the 12 year olds to have already um, gone through the basic and advanced seminar before okay. we could. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you and I met at headquarters. So tell me a little bit about like, you know, when, when did you come to headquarters and how long did you stay? Okay. Um, I think I went to headquarters in 99. So um, headquarters was um, exclusive. You had to be invited in some way, shape or form to be able to serve there. Um, you didn't get paid, but you had to be invited to go. Um, so I went to one of their programs called Excel that, that was for young girls. It was kind of like a finishing school almost. Yeah. Um, you know, you Bible studies and how to do tea parties and, and decorate cakes and be a biblical wife. <laughs> all um, the things you need when, you all know. All the things that you need to survive in this world. So, <laughs> um, so I went to that and I um, got noticed by the director there and um, he called it and invited me to go to work at headquarters. And so I went up in January of, of 99, I think. 
and I stayed four years um, there till 2003. And I worked in various departments, just depending on the need. Yeah. All right. And then, so when you were done with headquarters, uh, what did you do? So toward the end of that headquarters stint, I helped start one of their programs called Verity. I was the registration person for that. And some things happened that kind of, some things happened there that made me realize that there was a dark side to the program. I had already started feeling like a lot of their requirements and their standards and things like that weren't real conducive to life. But I saw the dark side and I saw people lying and I saw people um, uh, being sent home or getting in trouble. It was just, it was a mess. And so that kind of started my walk out of it. And so when I came home, I left and I came home and I tried to finish their college program through Verity when I came home, that didn't work. And I ended up starting to work just outside the home as a receptionist after that and um, went through a deep, dark time of trying to figure things out. Yeah, because everything I've been taught from six years old on, you know, wasn't necessarily true. Right. Didn't work in real life. (laughs) Right. So as far as like churches, what kind of churches did you and your family attend? Ah, so I was raised Southern Baptist. Um, We were there every time the doors were open, Um, involved in all kinds of service projects. I served in the church for since I was 12. And then when I moved, when I came back from headquarters, um, my family had started attending a fundamental um, church. And so um, I went to that for a while as a young adult. But as I worked out of um, some of those cult teachings more and more and more, I still, I saw cracks in the fundamental church too and how they were enabling that. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a more liberal liberal church that was more just um, Bible believing as a young adult. When would you say like you like left the cults and we say cults because the teachings were indoctrinations, you know, it was definitely one of those things where you had to follow the rules or you were ostracized. So we'll get Mm -hmm. more detail, you know, as the episodes (laughs) go on and we'll tell you all about the culty ways we were raised. Really fun stories with that. Yeah. So when, when would you say like you got out of the whole cult? I, well, if I left headquarters in 2003, I think that I was fully out of it probably by 2005, at least mentally and physically enough to know, to start making my own decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course that has been a long, like it's a slow process. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the beginning of the end, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, even now and what it's been, 15 years I'd have to count that up 15 years I still find myself um believing like running some of their lies through my mind and having to say whoa stop not true right get that in your brain Mm -hmm. right yeah I I can totally relate to that so tell me a little bit how you got into ATI and how your family kind of worked into that when did Um, you start Okay. So I have to kind of go back a little bit. My, my family was raised Catholic. Like I was raised Catholic. And then my mom was born again, Christian. Like, I guess I was 12 maybe um, when that happened. And so we transitioned from Catholicism to Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. And then my mom found homeschooling and Mm -hmm. my brother's nine years younger than I am. And she decided that she wanted to homeschool him. 
and I was going into high school that year mm-hmm. and I had a terrible experience in my eighth grade year and I did not want to go to an all girl Catholic high school. And so I was like, well, mom, why don't you just homeschool me? <laughs> <laughs> so, cause I just did not want to do the high school thing. And so I was homeschooled for my high school years. Um, it was, we tried a Becca at first and I was like, this is just like going to school. What is the point in homeschooling? If I'm just going to sit in front of videos all day. Yes. And, and then I, I basically studied for the ACT, studied for the GED. And then I had moved out when I was 17 years old. And about that time period is when my parents found ATI, IBLP. I believe they had gone to a uh, basic, what is that? This, the basic principal? Basic seminar. Yeah, the mm-hmm. basic seminar. Then while I was living with a friend and her family, I decided to go into the Air Force so I could get college paid for. When, before I would went to basic, I decided to try and repair my relationship with my parents. The, my whole entire high school, you know, thing was just a very contentious time for us. And they required me to attend a basic seminar before I could come home. And so it was like, okay, well, you know, this is what I have to do. I guess I can, you know, entertain this. I really, you know, I, at that time, um, I had, I guess, become born again, you know, Christian, Uh um, prior to that, but I still struggled a lot in order to come home. I was required to go to the basic seminar with my parents. We actually drove to Florida because that was the closest one before, I went off to basic and then I went to basic for the air force and I, um, struggled for, for many years with, you know, just the whole like IBLP like way to do things versus reality and being in the military and struggling with that, you know, well, I should be doing this and the way real life works in the air force was very, very hard. So I served in the Air Force for four years. And the last year that I was in the Air Force, I was stationed in Panama City, Florida. And somehow my parents had found out about um, this Bible Believers Baptist Church. And I started attending there, which they were very fundamental, um, King James only kind of church. That is how I got into the the fundy world. (laughs) (laughs) So um, in 2001, I returned home when I was finished with my uh, enlistment. And a couple months after that, there was this guy from a- the ATI that was there. Mm-hmm. And he w- they would have like these meetings every quarter or something. And they would come and talk to my parents. And so I talked to him about, you know, going to work up at headquarters. And shockingly, they invited me up. I was not your typical headquarters material. (laughs) And so I, I, in 2002, I guess it was a couple years later then. Cause it was a year later. Cause it was in 2002. So in 2002, I spent three months, uh, up at headquarters. Um, and it was a very strange experience for me because 
I was very independent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was frowned upon up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I went from being, you know, on my own and doing, I mean, I had even lived in South Korea for a year by myself, yes. you know, I mean, obviously I was on a base with other people, but you know, um, I was responsible for myself. So it was a very different, you know, like super hyper-controlled environment that just was weird. It was a weird experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so I guess, you know, after that, I, I came back home and I continued in the, like the fundamental church route. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got married to somebody in that church and then, and then I got divorced and started seeing the light. Um, it was a couple of years later that I just started being, you know, like, well, that doesn't make any sense, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, divorce is very frowned upon. So mm -hmm. when, when you're in that, you know, fundamental world and you get a divorce, it starts to make you question things. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Cause you get varied reactions and usually not good ones. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I think I would add on my experience as far as the church and fundamental church. I said that I had gone to um, a less fundamental church for a while, but during that time that I walked away was when I married a non-believer and, and that ended in divorce too. And um, after that was same, same thing about a year after kind of renewed faith and, and started going to church occasionally still not on a consistent basis. I think I would say my experience with divorce was a little bit different than yours. One, because I wasn't plugged into a church when it happened. Mm -hmm. So um, I had, and I had family support, but I also think that, that their support was because it was because of do domestic violence. And so it was justifiable in their mind versus, you know, the church that doesn't see that as okay. Right. Right. I didn't have to fight a lot of people. It was just family that was, and family was willing to get me out because he knew it was bad. So I didn't have to go through that at the church. Yeah. Um, I, my parents weren't really keen on, on divorce, but they saw what was happening and mm -hmm. the, the lack of desire on my ex's part to change. Mm -hmm. So they were yeah. more willing to accept it and the church was not. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah it was pretty much the rug was pulled up of, from underneath me and mm -hmm. I mean I had the support of my family like you did but mm -hmm. all my other yeah support was gone yeah you know, and that, that'll that'll do it to you <laughs> um I I lost support of the church when I um stopped with the um fundamental views mm -hmm. and um it it lost me a lot of friends and it lost me a lot of support thankfully it wasn't uh you know wasn't over marriage and I didn't have kids at the time. So I think that is, you know, basically what we wanted to cover in this like intro to the umbrella rebellion. Okay. Um, so is there, is there anything else you want to share with the, the listeners? So the reason that we named Umbrella Rebellion, what we did was because in ATI, they have an illustration of a patriarchal family. So it goes God and then um, husband and then mother and then children. And it's illustrated with umbrellas. And um, if, if the one, one authority, like the husband has a hole in his umbrella by sin or whatever, that sin goes down 
to the next and to the next to the next. It doesn't provide for any individuality in that. And it sets up a really strict hierarchy of authority and where you fit into that. And also how God punishes you if you don't stay under that umbrella of authority. So if a daughter like me um, chooses to, let's say, um, listen to rock music or any one of the multiple things that were considered sin, then I would be out from underneath my dad's umbrella of authority. And God basically had free reign to do anything he wanted to me, um, all the way down to kill me for disobeying. So that's the umbrella of protection, which is why we decided for umbrella rebellion. Yes, because that's a bunch of malarkey. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's a bunch of malarkey. I love it. That is a good word. oh man maybe that should be our our sign off well that was just a bunch of malarkey all right so we want to just thank you for joining the umbrella rebellion and we want to just encourage y'all if you are struggling with some of the things um that we talked about today if you are questioning things that are going on around you that sound a little culty or you are not sure if they are um, biblically correct, <laughs> uh, we encourage you to reach out to us on social media. We have a Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group, Umbrella Re- Rebellion Official Support Group. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Umbrella Rebellion. And we will be sharing some resources and some different programs and organizations that help people who are trying to escape from abuse and or heal from abuse. Thank you so much for listening. Come back next week and join the rebellion. rebellion.